Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. Tonight, we're going to talk about a huge element of our culture, the culture of generosity. All the air goes out of the room. We're going to talk about your money. All right. You're like, wait, we didn't know what this is going to be about. And it's, um, it's too late to leave. We already locked the doors. I mean, it's, 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 you're stuck now. So this, here we go. Culture of generosity. Uh, I, I want to talk about it maybe in a little different way than you've heard it before. Maybe uh, some of these things you have heard. Uh, but I've, I feel like God wants to set us free. And I was talking to a, a gentleman that's been coming to Deeper, and, and so he's been here, I think, almost every single one, and he said, Pastor Justin, you know what's really interesting is I just didn't know some of these things were in the Bible. He said, I believe the Bible. I believe the Bible is true. I just didn't know some of these things were in it. And so I'm going to show you some things that are in your Bible. And um, let me just go back. If you've been here on Sundays, we've been in a series called Eat the Scroll about the Word of God. We've been talking about a scripture that says this. All scripture is God breathe, which you all agreed on Sunday. Okay, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. Y'all were like, amen in, and like, oh yeah, brother. Every scripture is God breathe. Until it talks about money. And then some of you are like, man, I like the, I like the, the, the topic of the Holy Spirit like way better. Like this is going to be boring tonight. Trust me, it's not going to be boring tonight. Like, what I believe the Lord showed me, it's, it's going it's gonna to be really exciting. Um, it's, it's, it's not going to be boring. Okay, culture of generosity. We're going to go to a pastor of scripture you've, you've heard before, and, uh, and then we'll jump into some maybe you haven't heard. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, this is a very famous passage of scripture. We'll have it up on the screen. I'm going to read verse 6 through 13, and uh, then we're going to have some fun. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. I'm just going to stop right here just for a second because a lot of us wonder why we have a sowing problem or a, I should say a reaping problem. It's like, why? I'm, I don't have enough money. I'm not making enough money. I just, God's not providing. I would propose to you from the very beginning, you can be mad right now if you want, but we're going to get there. We're going to be all right. I would, I would propose to you that your problem is not a reaping problem. It's a sowing problem. I'm not a gardener, but my grandma was, and she used to try to teach me, which I didn't do very good at because I was a little impatient. I'd go, you know, uncover it to see if it was growing. And, but, but I found this out. You never grow something you don't plant. Ever. 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 Except for weeds. That's, that's the only thing that grows without being... But if you want to actually grow something of substance, you have to plant something of substance, you've got to plant the seed of what you want to receive. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll help you. Okay, some of you that are like real tight in your chest right now, um, y- it's going to be all right. Okay, this is not, we're not trying to make money on the, for the church tonight. We're not even going to take an offering tonight. Okay, so there's no offering. We're not trying to get you, I, I'm going to just try to help you get free. So whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Sounds like a key. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly. And not under compulsion. That should free some of you up. So if you already felt that tightness in your chest, we well, you shouldn't give that way. So God's not going to have you give that way. So if you can't get free, you can just hold on for a little bit. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. This is good to know. He is able to bless you abundantly. Well, God wants me poor. Well, that. So I'm not, a, I'm not like a, uh, a blab it and grab it guy. Uh, which is, you know, like, just like, I want to get all, I want to just... Be rich. God wants me rich just to be rich. But I'm not a poverty guy. God wants to bless me abundantly. The reason that God blesses me is for a purpose. So God wants to give me finances. God wants to give me resources. But it's not so I can have them to have them. It is so that I can further the kingdom of God. So that I can be a blessing. Honestly, we don't want a church of poor people. Now, I'll I'll preface this. By saying saying it this way, I don't have a problem with poor people coming. But I think that if you put God's 
principles into practice that God will begin to bless you and God will we'll read this in a second provide seed to the sower so that you can increase so that you can be blessed so that you can be a blessing okay I gotta finish this scripture and then get in that and God is able to bless you abundantly 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 so that in all things at all times having all so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work as it is written they freely scattered their gifts to the poor their righteousness endures forever now he God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed how do you plant things okay y'all are it's going to be one of those nights. Uh, how do you plant things? Thank you. Thank you. Um, very good. So he says he's going to give you seed. Do you know why some of us don't have crops? Because we ate what he gave us to plant. It's, it's, it, we, we've used it in the wrong area. We have not been faithful to plant the seed he's given us. We've used it. So he says he gives seed to the sower and bread for food. will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Did you know that you have to have something in order to be generous on every occasion? I mean, I don't know if you've been to church very long, but they take a lot of offerings in church. I mean, it's like, it seems like every time you go anywhere, they're taking an offering. So if you're going to be generous on every occasion, you would have to have something. Does that make sense? Um, and through us, your generosity will, you will be enriched in every way. Uh, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people. So the purpose of our generosity is to supply the needs of the Lord's people. But it's also overflowing in many other expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for their obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Now, it's a big portion of scripture. Let me just say a couple things about money. I really believe that God does not give you money so just so you can have money. I believe that with every dollar, there's an assignment attached to it. So I believe God wants to bless you, but he, and he wants to increase you. And young people in the room, I want you to hear me on this. It doesn't matter what you make right now. God wants to bless you. He wants to increase you so that, so that you can be a blessing. In the Bible, there's approximately 500 verses on prayer. It's a lot of verses. 500 verses on faith. That's a lot of verses, and we love prayer and faith. And there's over 2,000 on money and possessions. 2,000. Mostly talked about by Jesus. Jesus talked about stewardship, about money, and about stewarding that money more than any other topic in his life. So if you've got a red letter edition Bible, you will find him talking about money more than any other thing. So some of you, it's all right, just take a deep breath. We're still talking about money. We're going to talk about it for about 30 more minutes, okay? So just, just chill out. Money promises things that only God can give. This is the lie. This is the snare of money. It promises us something that is supposed to come from God. Money says you don't need God because money is the thing that we rely on when we go through a crisis. I'm going to tell you, you can find out what you rely on when trouble hits you. What do you do? I'm going to tell you some of our mission teams, uh, when, 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 they, when the trouble hit, you know what they did? They didn't have anything else. So they said, Lord, we need you. Because if he's all you need, then he's always enough. But what happens is we get very spoiled with having more than enough. So we go, we go to the doctor, nothing wrong with the doctor. We do everything we can. And then when nothing works, then it's, guys, we better pray. You ever, you ever heard that? It's like, okay, guys, I guess we better pray. I guess we better pray. What we're saying is the position or priority of God in our lives is under all of those other things because if he was above those he would come before those money is not the answer to the problem God is your job is not your provider God is the church is not my provider the church is not the, the your your tithe is not the provision to the church we use your tithe as a tool to further the kingdom of God to reach people and expand the ministry but I'm going to tell you that if nobody tithes, 
God would use someone or something else to provide. See, we get in this mindset that we are something because of what we have or that we provide. I'm going to tell you, God is the provider. He gives and he takes away. And we have to settle into this place knowing that everything we have and everything that we are comes from God. Money will try to position itself as a substitute for God. So the first thing that we got to do tonight is dethrone money as our goal or as a, as a consuming thought. I mean, just, just think about some of you, uh, and I'm included in this, how many thoughts during the day include money? Now, we need money, obviously, to live, to pay bills, to do all these things. But I'm just going to tell you that a lot of times I think what we buy into is we have to work harder. we got to do more so that we can make more, so that we can deal with what we have to pay versus really tapping into God, into who he is and what he wants for our life. We have to change our mindset about money. We have got to get rid of the theology, and this is what we believe here, is we got to get rid of the theology is that I give something to get something. See, this is where I think a lot of error has kind of like tried to creep in the church very innocently because there's a lot of scriptures about sowing and reaping. So we think that if we give, then we'll get. But what that does is it creates a false sense of generosity in our hearts. I'm going to tell you, if I'm giving you something in order to get something in return, that's called a transaction. That is not called generosity. Generosity is giving something and letting it go. And when I give something and don't let it go, that's called giving. If you give me something with strings attached, you didn't really give it to me. You ever had somebody do that? You know, like they they give you things and then they change their mind. This is like my boys. They give things to each other and then like, wait, no, actually, I want it back. As soon as they start having more fun than the other one, it's like I want it back. So it's giving with strings attached. It's not really giving. But this is what we've disguised our generosity in the church as because we're under the assumption that if we give to God, then he's going to bless me. So I want to help you with this. He will bless you when you're obedient, but the motive can never be to gain. The motive, and this is what we say in our church all the time, this is a part of our culture, is we give to give. We do not give to get, we give to give. We give because he asks us to give. We give because he commands us to give. We give because we have something to give. We give to give. Now, as a result of that, there is a reward. There are times that I reward my, my boys for obedience, but I'm going to tell you, their obedience needs to happen whether they get a reward or not. And if we condition our children to only obey when they get a reward, they're not really obeying. They're completing transaction with us. There has to be obedience, period. And in the children of God, there has to be a point where we say, Lord, we're going to obey you. And you know what? We like to obey God in areas that are easier for us. But I'm going to tell you this. Partial disobedience is disobedience. Or you can say it the other way. Partial obedience is disobedience. you you got to obey all the way or not at all. Our wealth must be devoted to serving God, not replacing God. You know what I find with people is, as they start making more money is they become more, com- more comfortable, they become more confident, and that, that instead of seeing that wealth as an assignment, they see that wealth as safety. God's your safety net. God's your provision. I'm not saying not to be practical. I'm not saying not to be proactive, plan for retirement, invest, and start business. I'm not saying that. I am saying that our mindset, our mentality has to be what God blesses me with. It comes with an assignment. And now I have a responsibility to hear from God what that assignment is going to be. And then I have a responsibility before God to properly align those dollars with that assignment. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes that is painful. And I think probably we've all been in those situations where God asks you to give something. And, and you know, I wish I, I wish I could tell you just I'm always just eager to obey God specifically when he asks me to give money. Uh, but, but I'm not. I'm I just like I seem to drag my feet uh, quite a bit when it comes to this. And uh, the Bible talks about a gift of giving. And I, lo- I love to give. That's like, that is something that fuels me. I, I love to give. Uh, Jamie and I, we've given, 
we've given a ton of stuff away. Uh, we've given money away. Uh, we've given TVs away. We've given possessions away. We've given clothes away. We've get, I mean, we've given like all kinds of shoes away. We've given shopping sprees away. We've given groceries away. We like, like, we cash. We, we like to give things away. It fuels us because there's something freeing about realizing that what God's given me is not mine. And this is an Americanized Christianity is we want what we have. I worked hard for it. Bless God. Nobody's going to take it away from me. It's not yours. It's his. It's, it's, it's his. It's really too quiet in here tonight. But, you know, it's, I'm just going to keep on going like you're liking it. Um, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25 in the message, it says this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. Hallelujah. We need to take an offering so you can pay the light bill. <laughs> Teasing. Um, the, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. You know what I hear from people all the time? I can't afford to give. And you know what? The people that can't afford to give and are giving, people look at them and are like, oh, well, if I had what they had, I would give. No, maybe you would have what they have if you actually gave. Because maybe that's how they got where they got is by actually planting some seed and being generous. And I'm just going to free some of you up. I'm not even talking right now about you giving to this church. And I've told people this, and I've gotten in trouble with this for years. If you tie it to another church, I'm fine with it. Prove it. Just prove the concept. Just be obedient to God. I would rather you be blessed, and you bless another church, and just be blessed by God, and see this thing work for you, than tie it to this church. So if you're feeling like we're trying to get something from you tonight, we're not. You can give to another church, give to somebody else, like, like whatever. But you've got to begin to enter into a, a, a de developmental phase of freeing yourself from the bind, the bondage of finances and realizing that every dollar God gives us comes with an assignment. Let me give you a couple things that generosity does. Generosity frees us from materialism. That's what gener Did you know that America is consumed with materialism? I mean, it is it is crazy what America gets there consumed with. Does anybody remember pogs? Back in the day. You remember pogs? Okay, some of you. I don't know if that was like a Washington thing or whatever, but there's, pogs were like a big, like, it was like the kid. So to now, it, it became mashems. Anybody have kids that were into mashems? Okay, these are the, so my kids are like obsessed with these little things that are just like mystery packages of TV characters, and they're just squishy, and they get sticky, and they're nasty, and, and they're just obsessed with them. But that phase passed pretty quick because now it's fidget spinners. Anybody seen anything on fidget spinners? How many of you have a fidget spinner? How many of you are using one right now? Troy, i got to get you a fidget spinner. I feel like, I feel like that might have been created just for you. Fidget spinner. I'm going to tell you, we get caught up in things. What, what is that? That is the materialism of America. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just telling you, when something is the thing... Everybody has to have the thing. And we know what's wild is we feel less than if we don't have what America says that we talk about clothes, shoes, cars, houses. I was talking to a couple uh, people in our church just a couple months ago, and they were saying how they have continually felt less than because their house compared to someone else's house. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, America, what have we done? What, like, I'm still Dustin Bates whether I have a small house or big house. I'm, you're still you, whether you have, you, you're still saved, you're still sanctified, you're still God's chosen. I mean, it's like, who knows, you could have millions of dollars and live in a small house. It's like, or you could have tons of debt and live in a big house. It doesn't, that doesn't make you. That doesn't, and I think we've got so consumed that we've got to understand that generosity is one of the keys that God gives us to break materialism. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7, it says, but since you excel in everything... In faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Let me just say this. Giving is a heart issue, not a money issue. 
they did a study on, on uh, churches, on people that tithed in, in churches. I know tithe's like a bad word in church, but uh, we're going to say it a lot. And uh, I like to break the rules of what you should do and what you shouldn't do in church. And so tithe is definitely one we're going to say. Um, and they, they said they did these studies that more people tithe that made $30,000 a year and less than those that made $75,000 and more. Some people say, well, if I had more money, I would tithe. That's not true. That's not true. If you can't do it, this sounds like a scripture. If you can't do it with a little bit, you won't do it with much. That, that, you, you know what's really easy? It's, really, it, it's way easier when you make $100 a week to tithe a dollar or $10 if it's 10%. Um, I, was, I was homeschooled. So just put, put that out there. I love tithing. I've been, I've been giving 10% for my whole life. Um, <laughs> it's, it's way easier to give $10 off my 100 than it is when the amounts get a little bit bigger, that tithe check gets a little bit bigger, and it becomes a little bit more difficult. But you know what? If you train yourself to do it now, you'll do it then. It's, it's when, when I had my paper out, bless God, um, when I had a paper out, be wheeling my little bike around, throwing papers, and uh, I, my dad said, you're gonna, if you're going to have a job, you're going to tithe. I'm like, Dad, shouldn't it be a matter of the heart? And he said, no, if you're my kid and you live in my house, you will tithe. I'm like, I kind of feel like that's under compulsion, but whatever. And so I'd make $160 in the month, and, and, and then I would tithe 10% of that. I would use my, my calculator. I'll tease him. Because he made me do it. Because it was a principle he wanted to teach me. Did you know that I have, and this is not to brag or anything, this is a tribute to my dad. I have never struggled with tithing. I've struggled paying my bills. I've never struggled with tithing. Because it was wired into me at an early age that that's not even mine. It's God's. And generosity was a tool for me that broke materialism off of my life. And you know what the crazy thing about materialism is? It doesn't die. I wish it did. You know, because like once you kill it, it's like it's dead. You never deal with it again. I feel like I've had to deal with it at every season and every intersection of my life. It like comes, it comes rearing back and I have to choose again to live generously. Giving is a heart issue, not a money issue. Generosity is developed. It's not natural. So if you just think you're going to wake up generous one day, wrong. It is something that is developed. Giving is operating in the opposite spirit of our culture. And if you know anything about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is upside down. The Bible says if you want to be great, serve. If you want to receive, give. It's, it's upside down. It's, it's everything. And so generosity is operating in the opposite spirit of our culture. So generosity frees us from materialism. Secondly, generosity breaks the hold of selfishness. It does this. Trust me. It does this. You can try it. You can try it. It'll break the hold of selfishness. Luke chapter 16 verse 13. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's heavy. How do you know who you serve? How do you, how do you know who you serve? I mean, that's a strong verse, but like, I think I serve God. Who you serve is determined by who you obey. So there's just that. <laughs> you just think about that for a little while. Who you serve is determined by who you obey. So you can't, when people say, I can't afford to be generous, you're letting your situation dictate your generosity, which is telling us that you're serving your money more than you're serving God. Okay, so that's kind of heavy. Let's just move on. A selfish person will always find a reason to not be generous. You know those people? They always have a reason. Well, pastor, this broke this week and this broke this week. Doesn't it seem like something's always broke? Does this happen in your house? Everything breaks at the same time? 
That is just really frustrating. I don't know what happens. It's like everything, washer, fridge, car, one week. It's like, really? Then I walk outside my house and my sprinkler's like old faithful because the sprinkler head broke. My, that's, that really happened. Um, my neighbor, he's really friendly and he likes to help us on things, especially when I neglect things. And so he said, well, Dustin, you know that you got two sprinkler heads that are shooting, shooting up like geysers in your front yard. And I said, is the water still coming out? He said, yeah. And I said, we're good. The grass is getting water. Isn't that the goal? And so I'm joking. I said, thank you so much. I'll get it fixed right away. That's what I wanted to say. Anyways, the enemy of generosity is selfishness. The enemy of generosity is selfishness. Do you know that you were born a getter? I want to get, get, get. You were born again a giver. And when you were born again, you got to begin to develop and take on what you were born into. Entitlement fuels selfishness. Gratitude fuels generosity. Do you, do you know what entitlement is? Entitlement saying like what I deserve. Oh God, I've been serving you since I was 13 and I'm only getting paid this. Did you ever think that it might not be God's fault? Are you getting paid what you're getting paid? It could have something to do with your productivity. It could be have something to do with your education. It could have something to do with the field that you chose to, to go into. It, it, it could be, sorry, I'm, I'm hoping not hurting anybody. I love y'all. It's deeper. We're just trying to like deal with some things. I, I'll just move on again. Let's just go to number three. It's easier. Generosity places our dependence on God. It places our dependence on God. So it deals with our materialism. It deals with our selfishness. But then it places dependence on God. Malachi chapter 6. This is the tithing scripture. Okay, so everybody get ready for this. Whoa. Malachi chapter 6, or as my recently saved friend calls it, Malachi. Uh, he said, that's a true story. It's, it's, I'm, like, I'm just letting him go with it. You know, Malachi and Job and Philemon and Psalms. It's Rock and roll. Says, I the Lord, this is really key. I the, let's just read it up there. I the Lord do not change. Number one argument about tithing. It's an Old Testament principle. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, 17. All scripture is God breathed. Man, we have set ourselves a trap. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful. So now that we know all scripture is, even the Old Testament, let's just, I, the Lord, do not change. So God's not going to change his mind. It's good to know. He's not going to change that. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed ever since the time of your ancestors. You've turned away from my decrees and not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Go ahead and switch it. Will a mere mortal rob God? Like, is it possible? Yet yeah, you do. You rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? So I'll just like put this out there for some of you that are like anti-tithing. God's not even satisfied with just your tithe. He, he also asked for an offering. Oh, so above 10%? It wasn't me. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, verse 9, you're under a curse. That's heavy. Last time I talked on giving, somebody came up to me and said, you know what? I don't like it when you say that we're under a curse. And I'm like, well, I don't know how else to read it because it, I mean, I struggle with math, but I do all right on reading. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Next one. Bring the whole tithe. So some people talk to me about like, well, you know, how about I just start at 5% and then just go from there to 6%? And I'm like, you can do whatever you feel like is right to do. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Do you know what the house is? FYI. It's the house of God. Do you know what the house of God is? It's the church. Test me in this. This is the only time in the entire Bible that God allows us to test him in this practice of tithing. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Next verse. Next, next verse. Is there another one? Okay, that's it. Um, so sorry. They're like, come on, pastor. So there's not enough room to store it. This tithe is a test of who we trust our lives with. Now, I know you came to deeper and you're like, you want an encounter with God. And you're like, this is really letting me down. 
I'm, I'm going to promise you, encounters with God come from places of freedom and obedience. And, and if I've learned anything about God is that obedience unlocks his presence. And every time that I've stepped deeper in obedience, I've experienced more of his presence. And we're going to experience that tonight. The tithe is a test of who we trust our lives with. Tithe actually means tenth. It means tenth. Tenth. Ten percent. All the way, and I don't have time to go through this with you, but it started all the way in Genesis, in Exodus, in Leviticus, in Deuteronomy. The tithe is mentioned all the way through. And then people say, well, it was, it was, an, it was an Old Testament. And we'll talk about that in a second, but I'll t- let me say it this way. We don't give our tithe. We bring it. Because you can't give what's not yours. So I hear people say this sometimes. Well, I just got to pay my tithe. No, you're not paying nothing. You're just returning. That's, that's what, I thought about this the other day too. We need to change some of our like vernacular and verbiage on how we say, like how we say we're going to take, take the offering. Just listen to how that sounds. Like if an unsaved person, an unchurched person, listen to how that sounds. We're going to take the offering. Like forcefully? Or like, I just thought about that the other day. It's random. Anyways, I'm like, why are we saying it that way? We're going to receive the offering. Because you're going to give, not out of compulsion, not out of reluctance, out of a cheerful heart. So the tithe is 10% of your income off the increase. Let's just look at the scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. That means whatever is increased to you. Whatever is increased. We had, we had a family in the church. Uh, they just sold the house, and uh, they tithed on their profit because it was increase to them now you can just you seek the lord on what that is to you but it's on the increase then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine so it says that out of the first fruits there's a blessing now do you give to get a blessing no because we don't give to get we give out of obedience but there is a blessing that comes with giving does, this, does that make sense how, how, how that lines up so we don't give this tithe we bring it everything we have belongs to god so we just return to him out of what he gave us. Now, this is the faith step. We're having faith that we, God can do more with our 90% than we can do with 100%. So to not tithe is to say that I think I could do a better job with 100 than you can do with 90. That's, that's really what that is. And people fight me on this. People argue me on this. I'm just going to tell you, if people are tithing, they never say they can't afford to tithe. Because once you begin to tithe, you see God's blessing and God comes through. You put him first and he shows up in your life. And I wish I had time tonight. We should just stop and I could just tell you story after story for the rest of the night of how God's come through and how God's blessed people. But I'm, I want to be careful in doing that because I don't want to entice you with stories of blessing. Because that will move us into selfishness and out of generosity and out of obedience. I can do that to help build your faith. But really, at the end of the day, once your faith dwindles, your tithe will dwindle. So you have to choose at some point that I'm going to obey because all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful. And so I'm going to obey and I'm going to walk in that. Now, don't feel condemned in here, okay? So don't let it get too heavy in here. Just I'm trying, I'm trying to keep it light. Um, tithing breaks the curse of the world. Tithing breaks my dependence on money. Tithing breaks the selfishness in me. Tithers consistently say, if you talk to a tither, they will say this. And I challenge you to try it. Do you tithe? This, and people don't like you asking that, but if you did, um, and you ask people, tithe, they will say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You hear it all the time. Non-tithers, this is what they say all the time. I can't afford to tithe. There's, it's, it's one or the other. You never hear a tither say, I can't afford to tithe. Because they're tithing. Well, you got to make more money to tithe. No, you have to be obedient. Test me in this. Test me in this. I wanted to do a tithe challenge one time. And I wanted to tithe. Like I wanted to challenge. And I'm not going to do this, okay? I got voted out and uh, <laughs> voted down on this. But I thought it would be fun. We'll pick a church that we'll tithe to. All right? We pick a church. Random church. Be fun. And, and, and so we pick a church. And we tithe to that church. Any first-time tithers, we tell them this. You tithe to this church for a month. For one month. And if you cannot pay all your bills and God has not blessed you, we will reimburse you for your tithe. Wouldn't that be amazing? That, that, would, be, that would be awesome. That, that would be so cool. Some of you are like, well, I'll try that. 
So let me, without being too heavy, let me say something about that. Because you have more faith in our ability to pay you back than you do in God to provide for you. That's, sorry, that was kind of rude to bait and switch, but I just, I, just, I hate it when preachers do that to you. Ask you the trick question, and then you get the answer, and like, no. So I, I kind of did that to you, but I'm sorry. Matthew 23, 23, let's just look at this because people say tithing is just an Old Testament principle. It says, woe to you, Jesus is just being his nice, calm, peaceful self. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Did you know tithing was just like a really low-level obedience to Jesus? So much that he says, hey, you're doing a good job tithing, but like, you're not being just. Where's the mercy? Where's the faith? You hypocrites. You're giving your money, but like, you're not being an example. You're not being godly. So he says, you should have done with, you should have, you ought to have done though, without leaving the other ones undone. What other ones? What do you describe the phrase? For you pay tithe. You shouldn't have left that undone. That's in, that's in the New Testament. It's also in the Gospels. Also, the words of Jesus. So usually, I already tricked you on one question, so I wasn't going to do it again. But usually, I would do it this way. And I would say, I would say, if Jesus told you to tithe, would you do it? And everyone's like, oh, of course, if Jesus did, but Malachi did. I'm, I'm Old Testament. Uh, uh, uh. And then I say, bam! And, and then got you. But I'm not going to do that to you because I love you. I already did it once, and I'm not going to do it anymore. So generosity places our dependence on God. Last one, and we're going to close. Generosity. Let me see. I, 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 I missed something. i got to give to you. What we do with the money in our hands is a sign of what we're doing with God in our hearts. That's, that's the tithe right there. What we do with the money in our hands is a sign of what we're doing with God in our hearts and where he is at in our priority. Now, I know this is painful for some of us because some of you, you're in financial situations where you're like, if you knew my finances, you wouldn't be saying this stuff. And here, here's the thing. I would be with compassion and with grace, but I still would because I don't have the luxury of telling you what you want to hear. I am bound by my call by my assignment, by my job, and by this Bible to just give you what it says. So I tell this story all the time. It's one of my, one of my favorite stories is uh, I had a guy come to me that comes to our church, and he came to me, and he said, Pastor, I need to know what to do. And I was teaching on finances. And he said, I need to know what to do. I, know, I want your advice. He says, I don't have enough money to buy groceries for my kids this month. And I'm really convicted by what you're saying, and I know I need to tithe, but what do you think I should do? Buy food or tithe? And I'm like, buy food, bro. That's what I want to say, okay? And I told, and I told them that. I said, I want to tell you, go buy food, like obviously. But scripture says that's moving God out of the right priority. So I'm going to tell you, in, and I'm gonna, if I'm being transparent with you, I told him this. I said, you got a tithe, it's your first, whatever. And I went home and I laid in my bed and I'm like, Lord, is that right? I'm just being transparent with you. Like, I'm thinking, this guy's struggling. I'm thinking, maybe I can buy them groceries, maybe I can try to help out God, you know, because that's what we have to do sometimes. And, um, joke. Um, and it's like, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm just being transparent. Because I want you to know that when I speak this so confidently and sarcastic and I'm throwing it out there, it doesn't mean that I don't struggle with these concepts. I battle like you battle. My car breaks down like your car breaks down. I struggle financially like you struggle financially. So I felt this hit me at times. And that night I went home and Jamie's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just, I need some time by myself. And I just went in my bed and I'm laying down and I'm like, Lord, like, you've got to come through. Like, I, and you know what? The Lord just kept on whispering in my ear, and I was not really ready to receive it, but he just kept on telling me, Dustin, it's my reputation, not yours. It's my reputation, not yours. That week, he had three massive accounts added at his job, out of the blue for no, for no reason at all. He continued to increase in our building fund to build this building. He was one of our top givers in our entire campaign 
God flipped. Now, I, I say that cautiously because I don't want us to get into, oh, well, maybe I can. Like, I want us to really get into obedience, not into, like, chasing some blessing. Because I think that we get in trouble that way. We can't chase blessing. God will bless you for being obedient. Just trust that. But we can't chase that. It's got to be from generosity and from obedience in our heart. The last one, generosity makes us, just listen to this, most like God. And I'll show you this. John 3.16, most popular passage in the Bible. says, for God so loved, so much loved the world that he gave. So when we're generous, we're most like God. That is the point where we're most like God. Now you might be walking through your tithe battle, and I'm not. I'm not trying to condemn you on this. I'm just trying to give you what's. I'm trying to give you what's there. But can can I say say this? For your own sake, you got to be generous. You've got to step into the realm of generosity and allow God to begin to bless you. You know, I heard this story, and um, and I don't know all the people, whatever, but happened in our church. There was a young lady trying to go on the Thailand mission trip that left today. Did they leave today? And so they'd left Thailand, Cambodia, left today. She had $3,200 still to raise, okay? $3,200 to go on this mission trip. I mean, it's expensive. And she doesn't know how she's going to get it. Whitney, the missions director, she's hounding her like, hey, you got to have this money in. She's like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. She's approached by someone in our church who says the Holy Spirit has spoke to her to give some money. And she said, does the number 2,500 mean anything to you? And Whitney's like, no, because it was 3,200, right? So... We go on throughout the day, and I, I think I don't know if it was a day or two days. This girl goes home. Her mom gives her $500 towards her trip, okay? So then someone else gave her $200, $700. So that $3,200, if I can do my math correct now, went to $2,500. So Whitney's like, oh, my gosh, $2,500. So she talks with this lady in our church. This lady follows the prompting of the Holy Spirit, gives $2,500 hundred dollars to that girl who is on a plane right now going to serve people in Thailand that is generosity that that's what living freely looks like and some of you are like man I wish someone would pay for my mission trip I'm gonna, I'm gonna just help you you need to give you need to give I was talking to a, a guy that just planned a church a couple years ago, and he said, uh, he said their church was going through a really, really tough time financially. They were planting it, and so they had about uh, $1,000 left in their bank account, in their church account. So they'd have payroll coming up, all this, and they got $1,000 left. He's like, I don't know what we're going to do. And a pastor called him from, from a missions organization and said, we've got a need. We, have tw we need $1,200 to meet the, the, the need. Uh, and he said, he's like, we got $1,000. So his finance uh, person came in and was like, there's no way we can do this. And uh, he goes, you know what? We need God to come through for us. Let's sow into them. So they gave a thousand plus they scraped up $200 elsewhere to give, not knowing any idea, having any idea where payroll was going to come from. And they gave it. They blessed them. God, they just felt, they felt so good not to be bound by materialism. And the blessing of God started coming through. It, this church is now known in the U.S. as one of the most generous churches in America and one of the most funded churches in America. Last year, they gave, they, they, right, last year they gave over 24% of their income, which was $1.4 million, to local outreach and missions. Like just... When they were... So you can't, just, you can't just be like, I wish, can I be the guy? Can I be the guy that gets the $2,500? That sounds great. I like this talk. No, you've got to be the one that says, I'm going to break materialism off me. I'm going to break selfishness off me. And this is what I have, so I'm going to give. Because I want to, try to, I want to try to pivot this thing as we close. And somebody can come to the keys, because I'll, I'll stop talking then. Um, I want, I, want to, I want to position this a little bit different than sometimes when we talk about finance, finances because we're going to talk about finances a lot in the church coming up because we're going to buy that preschool, praise the Lord. We're going to build a children's building, praise the Lord. And, we, I mean, we got things to do. We're starting a campus in Wiley. We're going to do, I mean, that's, good, that's all going to cost money. So we're going to be talking about this at church on Sundays. But what I wanted tonight is I wanted 
to try to move us into a place of generosity that sees generosity not as the only outlet to the church, but generosity as a way of life. That see, we had so many other mission testimonies come in of people paying each other's. Mostly young adults would just like bless me so much that young adults are saying, "I'm." We had one girl that felt like she wasn't shouldn't go on a trip that had already paid about it, paid for it, and she said, "I'm going to give my trip to another girl that couldn't afford it." So that girl went to Haiti. The other girl stayed home for the trip she paid for by her own work and her own money she saved she scraped but she said holy spirit spoke to me to give it to you and so she gave it to see i, I want to try to inspire us not just because i think we get stuck with like generosity is like putting money in the offering plate do you know what the bible really teaches at the church is and i'll tell you this about our church when you put money in the offering plate we have a strict accountability system and we meet the needs of this community we actually are working already for a report in, in 2018 to give of 2017 of where your money went. And we're going to show you people that we paid their rent. We're going to show you communities that got turned upside down. We're going to show you, uh, just in Haiti, what, what, do, we, what do we do? We, we fed how many? 36 families with a month worth of, worth of food. The, 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 the mission leader came and said, hey, this is what we need. And Chris said, we're going to do it. And so we did it as a church. We said, we're going to do that. that that's y'all's money. That's, that's what y'all gave. We said, we're going to do it. 36 families have food for a month. See, you just need to know that. You need to know where that's going. But I don't want you to see the church as the only outlet of your generosity. Because I want our generosity to extend to a heart condition where we live generously. I, I live to give. I, I want to help. I want to I bless. I hear a need. My ears go up. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to be personally. I want to be able to be in that place. I, I, I want to show you this last thing. And it's just like, and then we're going to have some fun tonight. We're ending just a totally different way. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. You, you remember the, the guy in the Bible named Zacchaeus? There's a guy in Luke chapter 19. His name is Zacchaeus. I relate with him a little bit because he was short. And it says that he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. So he climbed a tree. And he had to get up on a tree to see Jesus. Long story short, Jesus is walking by. He's waiting there. And Jesus says, uh, Zacchaeus, come on down. He comes down. And he has a conversion experience. Okay? Now, I've never preached on this in my life. I need to because this, this is really good. I saw this this morning. I, I plugged this on. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is crazy. Zacchaeus, in, in chapter 19, it says, um, when Jesus reached the spot, which is awesome when he shows up where you're at, that's, you're in a good place. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So we came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. I want you to see something in this. When he got saved, the first thing he did was give away everything that he had. Half of everything that he had. That was, his, that was the first, before he got baptized, before anything... There was a conversion that happened. When he got born again, he said, I'm giving, hey, here, here, Jesus, I know they're all talking bad. Let's do this. I'm giving away half of everything. And anybody that I've wronged, I'll pay you back four times. You know what happened? His selfishness leaked out. And generosity filled him. Because generosity is when you're most like God. When you're giving, you are most like God. You, you know you can give without loving? but you can't love without giving. God so loved that he gave. Proverbs 19, 17 says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. The other day I was driving by the freeway on the freeway and there was somebody begging there on the side, panhandling. And I'm, I'm I don't know, a little bit negative sometimes. And I'm like, come on. That's my first thought. I'm just being transparent with you. Like, come on, there's jobs out there. Let's go. That's what I thought. And then the Lord decided to deal with me. And he said, I want you to give you all, give him all the cash in your wallet. 
which I got excited about because I never carry cash. So I'm like, Lord, I'm your servant. And I opened up my wallet and I forgot that I had done a wedding and someone had paid me in cash. And I'm like, oh. I really expected there to be nothing there. And uh, so I took it out and I gave it to him. And I'm driving away. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He says, your job is not to determine what he does with what you give him. Your job is to live generously. And that is where God wants for us. It's like, well, he's probably going to spit it on booze. He might. He might. It's not my job to judge that or to convict him of that. It's my job to be obedient. It says, give to the poor. Proverbs 21, 13, it says, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. It's heavy. 1 John 3, 16, 18, last scripture. It says, this is how we know what love is. This is how we know. We love this part. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our life for our brothers and sisters. Period. Stop. Don't read anymore. Because if you do, it says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the, this is, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. Is that convicting to anybody else? It's convicting to me. So this is what we're going to do tonight. I've been like nervous about this and praying about it all day. We're not taking an offering for the church. But I know some people that are in need in our church. And we're going to obey the Lord. And we're going to be generous. We're going to take a spontaneous offering right now to bless some people in need and we're going to just give generously now if you didn't bring anything to give you can't you don't want to give you don't you, there's no obligation but i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you how a word really works well and how it's designed to work when we respond to it when you respond to a word in faith i'm telling you it does something to you and so i've been praying about this all day and i'm like oh man people are going to think things people are going to say things and i'm like i would much rather you line you up and pray for the holy ghost like, that's a little bit more in my wheelhouse. Like, I can do that for a long time. But I felt like the Lord said He wanted to liberate people by moving us in generosity. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.